This is uh, Paul Schneiderman today on the 116th edition of the Sports Untold podcast, also on Rainier Avenue Radio. We're back with another edition, took a little hiatus, but back today. Uh, my special guest today is University of Washington walk-on basketball player Noah Neubauer, a recent University of Washington graduate, a great guy. Noah, going to get back to you in a minute. My podcast is also now on Spotify, YouTube, Amazon, Google, iTunes, Podbeam. You can go to sportsuntoldpodcast.com. Uh, I encourage my listeners to uh, click the like button regarding my show, comment, positive comments only, of course. And you can also go to uh, sportsuntoldpodcast.com and listen to some other shows. And you can also find my shows on, on YouTube. We'll make it back to you, Noah. I promise I would. Uh, Noah Neubauer is a recent University of Washington graduate. He played basketball at University of Washington Garfield High School. Uh, Noah recently went through the senior basketball ceremony at the University of Washington, although he still has some eligibility left that we can maybe talk about. Uh, definitely going to talk to Noah about you know his future in general and maybe his future in college basketball. Uh, Noah is a, a walk-on player, and he's seen so much University of Washington basketball in his years of playing with the UW, got some playing time. Uh, on a personal note, I've been friends with Noah and his family for many years. His Grandfather Ron is uh, is a relative, so Noah and I uh, like to say we're we're kind of related. So um, have that honor as well. Noah is known as Orange Ice. Uh, there's a fun article by Dan Rayleigh, uh, Sports Illustrated columnist, about Noah getting his first points in the University of Washington Stanford game this year. Noah had a three point shot. It's a neat story. Um, Noah, I kind of mentioned to you this off the air these things. Um, you fit three categories of a guest I've been looking for. One, I want to do more sure. shows in UW basketball program. I've had Eldridge Kasner on, but I want to get some more UW basketball talk. Two, I've been getting a lot of encouragement to get more younger guests. You do meet that criteria. And three, I've wanted to have a conversation with a walk-on player for a while. So uh, on a serious note, you, you meet uh, three fun um, kind of categories. So on that note, Noah Neubauer, thank you for uh, joining me on the 116th edition of the Sports Untold podcast, also on Rainier Avenue Radio. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thanks, Noah. Well, Noah, um, I've seen you play basketball. I see you on the sidelines. I see you warm up. I've seen you playing some games. You seem like the happiest guy in the world when it yeah. comes to basketball, whether you're playing or not, you, you just Love it. Tell us how you develop such a love of the sport of basketball. Um, just growing up, always, you know, play basketball since I can I can remember. Um, I feel like it's just a culture. Um, just all my friends I know play basketball every summer. We would just go run outside, play basketball. Um, but I feel like my love for the game really came from like the competitiveness and kind of like the the drive for the game. Um, I love basketball and I love playing with my friends. and I love winning. Um, that competitive side has always been in me. I've always been the kind of a loud mouth, hothead type of guy if I lose. Um, so yeah, just the drive and the fun team building is, is very, very awesome for me. No, no, you played high school basketball at Garfield High School in Seattle. For some of the listeners who may be outside of Seattle or may not be as familiar with Garfield High School, it's known as a really competitive top hoops program. And uh, you made the team there and, and got some playing time. Is there ever a side of you, Noah, that kind of wonders if you played at another high school and got more playing time, if where your career would have gone? Do you ever wonder about that sometimes? Because, I mean, you play with a couple of future yeah. NBA players at Garfield. Tell oh, yeah. us about that, you know. Well, originally, because coming into high school, I was probably five foot three, one, 
30 pounds. So I was a little, very little guy. People starting to go through puberty. I was, you know, still small. Um, so I actually, I wanted to go to Roosevelt High School. So I was, I was playing for their feeder team. Um, I thought it's called Wake. It's a little like Roosevelt feeder team. Um, you know, talk to the coach and all that. And I was, you know, I wanted to enroll to Roosevelt, but uh, I had to like apply because it was outside of my district. So I didn't get in at first, um, which was all right. So I, you know, planned on going to Garfield, but then I finally got into Roosevelt. But um, I guess me and my dad made a decision where I feel like Garfield would be more, you know, all my friends are going to Garfield. I don't really know too many people at Roosevelt. So I just decided to go to Garfield. Um, and yeah, I feel like my life would be a lot different. I feel like, you know, a lot of my friends, I don't even know if I would be, you know, be able to go to UW, um, going to Roosevelt, just, you know, I'd be a whole different person, I feel like. So you could have got more playing time in another yeah. school, but it, it, but going to Garfield kind of shaped who you are in many ways. Yeah, yeah. I feel like at Roosevelt, um, probably wouldn't made varsity my freshman year, but I started, I mean, I, even as a senior in high school, I was five, seven. So I mean, I'm five, eight, six feet, maybe. Um, I was still a small guy. Um, Roosevelt would have been a lot better. I would have, you know, probably started for sure. Started on, you got a lot of playing time, but yeah, Garfield, I, I didn't really play. I did, I swung my junior year. So, I mean, I played JV and then played varsity two quarters. Um, and then, yeah, my senior year, I made it, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't play much, but I feel like my Roosevelt, if I went to Roosevelt, it would have been a whole different story. Sure. You gotta, you gotta wonder, it's, it's kind of interesting. I went to Roosevelt, but you gotta, you gotta yeah. wonder if you, if, you, if you went to a school like Bush, University Prep, you yeah. all conference and all that, you know, so it's, it's the, the trade-offs. What are you now, about 6'2 now? Uh, now I'm, I say 6'3". I'd be saying 6'4 with shoes, you know, um, but I feel like really 6'3", yeah. And the hair may add an inch and a half, right? Yeah, hair, hair gets me a little bit. Sure. But, no, you know, I want to ask you, we're, we're going to talk mostly sports today, but I hit on some other issues on sports. Sure. Well. So you know, you're, you're a white guy. You grew up, you know, grew up, and I think in the Madison Park area, you attended Garfield and going to Garfield, you got exposed to, to people of many different backgrounds and colors. I mean, Garfield is known as a real melting pot. Mm. And you played basketball at Garfield, in particular, quite a few African-American players, you know, play basketball at Garfield. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of discussion, I think, with, which I think there will always be about race and justice issues and everything. Just tell us, uh, Noah, about how this has shaped you being a Caucasian guy and being exposed to so many people of color. Just, just talk about how that shaped you as a person. Well, originally, I, for middle school, I went to Washington Middle School. So that was also, you know... Uh, where I kind of started meeting a lot of people that went to Garfield. But um, yeah, I, my junior and senior year, I was the only white guy on the team, um, which, you know, I stood out, especially with having orange hair. It doesn't, you know, makes me extra stand out. But uh, yeah, it just made me more, I mean, low-key aware. Garfield's a very, you know, people are doing a bunch of different things. There's walkouts, there's protesters, you know, people all believe in different things. So just being in the school like that really made me aware to a lot of issues and social issues where I really didn't know about before um, or didn't even realize were happening um, until I went to a school like that, where it opened my eyes and really showed me how, I guess, blessed I am um, to be in a situation and to really, it kind of forced me to kind of stand out and say, say my words where I, you know, I over other people won't be able to say anything. So just to kind of that melt, being around people of different cultures yeah. kind of gave you some more perspectives. Right. Huge perspective, just a bunch of different backgrounds, a bunch of different, you know, people, how they grew up. Um, yeah, like you said, I grew up in Madison Park. Um, not very diverse at all. Um, growing up, you know, I, my, all my friends were white growing up. And then, yeah, coming to high school, yeah, being the only white guy, you know, 
all my friends are now African-American now, um, which is, I mean, I love them. They're, I love, I love the culture. I love everything. I kind of like being the, you know, the only guy, you know, standing out. I like being different. I don't like, you know, being like everybody else. Um, but yeah, they, they welcome me. I, they love me. I, I, it was the best time of my life. Garfield was super fun. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, I, I'm going to throw out this term for some listeners that may not be familiar with this term. Sometimes when people throw out terms in sports and different fields, right. we, you know, we understand those terms that some people right. may not. So for those who aren't familiar with this term, a walk-on is a college player. Tell me if you agree with this. No, this the way I'm describing this. Who's a non-scholarship player who essentially comes to play on a team as a walk-on, as a non-scholarship player. And some walk-on players can become scholarship players, but many do not. Did, did I give a good working definition of what a walk-on uh, Yeah, is? that's pretty much it for sure. Okay. So Noah, you, you made a decision to walk on University of Washington. Um, kind of curious about the process. And did Coach Mike Hopkins contact you to see if you wanted to walk on the team? Just tell us about how the whole, the whole uh, walk-on situation emerged. Well, originally, um, I wasn't really planning on playing basketball in college. You know, I applied to other Pac-12 schools. I applied just to Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, just schools like that just to apply, just to go. Um, but uh, I was in contact with Coach Cameron Dollar. Um, that's one of my mentors, one of, you know, one of the greatest guys I've ever met. Um, also, people like Jalen Noel, I was good friends with him. So he was always at UW. So I'd always be at UW just shooting with him, uh, re even rebounding, just playing one-on-one, just random stuff. Also, uh, Ed Chang, he also went to Garfield. So I would be at UW. I appeared at UW all the time, uh, just being around, being around the coaches, being around the players. Uh, I knew all the players, kind of met, met them through there. Um, so I kind of create connections through that. And then, um, yeah, I reached out to Cameron Dollar. We talked and then, yeah, Cameron Dollar pretty much made it happen. That's, 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 that's neat. I wasn't sure. I never had asked you about how, how the whole walk-on um, sure, yeah. situation developed for you. So I want to ask you, Noah, I got a lot of questions here. And so mm -hmm. in the 2021-22 season, just this last season, I yeah. noticed that you were on the travel squad, that you were mm -hmm. part of the, the UW team on road games. Can you share with us how the travel squad process works for UW basketball um, players for travel, are all walk-on players allowed to travel the team? Tell us about how that that works. The travel, will you become part of the traveling team? Um, well, during season, it's it's a it's a big thing. So you're you're gone every other week. Um, you'll be you're not really you're gone for probably five days at a time because you'll play two games. You'll go down to like Oregon. You play Oregon and Oregon State, so you'll be gone for a while. Um, basically, it's it's a it's a big, not really a party, but it's a big event. Um, you know, you'll have a alliance schedule. You'll have lunch this time. You'll have meetings. You'll have weights. You'll have all this stuff, dinner, uh, film. So pretty much you don't have too much free time when you're, you know, on the road. You have a few hours, you know, go see the city. You know, I saw, you know, I got to explore Salt Lake City. I've never been there uh, last year, which was pretty cool. Um, also, my junior year, you know, traveling to, that was, you know, different with COVID. You know, you couldn't really leave the hotel. Uh, but yeah, senior year was, was fun. You got to leave the hotel a little bit. We got dinner, like team dinners. We all went to Benihana or just some cool stuff like that. But then, yeah, it's a, it's a big, big event for sure. Now are all the walk-on, do all the walk-on players travel with, with the UW basketball team? Um, no, not all of them. Uh, like two, maybe three will come at a time. Okay. So, yeah. so that must my, have been my freshman and sophomore year, I was, I didn't travel because we had a bunch of older walk-ons. So, but my junior and senior year, I got to. 
that must have been kind of a real honor and a fun thing to be able to be part yeah, of it. Yeah, it was awesome. And yeah. also, uh, we had a little, on sophomore year, we went to Europe as a team, which was, which was super cool. What European countries did you see? We went to Rome and Florence. So we had a little foreign tour. We played a few teams out there in Rome and two teams in Florence. Um, got to explore the city, yeah. That's awesome. So many other aspects of being part of a, of a college yeah. That's neat. Paul Schneiderman, host of Sports Untold podcast, also on Rainier Avenue Radio. The 116th edition day with University of Washington walk-on basketball player Noah Neubauer. I encourage the, the, the listeners to view and like and comment, subscribe, and go to sportsuntoldpodcast.com. All right, no, I mentioned this in the, in the beginning, in the introduction, and it was really neat story that you got into the University of Washington Stanford game this year. And Dan Rayleigh, a local Sports Illustrated-based columnist, wrote a column about it, and you scored a three-point shot, and Coach Mike Hopkins ceremoniously gave you the game ball. Just, mm-hmm. just tell us about that moment of scoring that three-point shot. And it's just so neat because so few basketball players – Ever had that experience of making a three-point shot in a Division One Pac-12 game? Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah. So you know, you always. I mean, it wasn't in a good situation. We were we were down thirty in that game. Um, pros and cons. Like, yeah, but up thirty, down thirty. I, I'm looking at the clock, waiting for my time. Every most games, um, I got in a few games. But yeah, Stanford game. Um, Wow. Yeah, I really it's kind of like a blackout moment. I don't you know, it's, you just kind of you're just in the game because it's, it's super surreal. Like growing up, I dreamed of going to Utah, dreamed of playing for basketball of them. So, yeah, going into those games where you're just like, wow, you see all the cameras, all the people. Um, but yeah, I go in and you know, it's my senior year. So I'm, once I get the ball, I, I'm going to shoot it for sure. Um, so I, I got a screen, came off the screen and I hezzy pulled. Um, that's my, if you ask anybody, I know that's my go-to move. Oh, has he, he should three. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and it went in nothing but net. Um, yeah, I just, I couldn't, I mean, I try not to smile cause you know, you're in the game, you try to play defense and stuff, but yeah, I, right when I, that went in, I just, yeah, my mind just blew up for sure. It's such a fun moment that is, I mean, so many walk-on players never get a chance yeah. to play in a regular season yeah. game like that. So it's neat. That yeah, especially Stanford, a, a Pac-12 game, you know, a huge oh. game. Yeah, so I got a got a little Nike Stanford ball. It's a great game story. Ball. Great story. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I'm not comparing you to Rudy, but it's kind of a Rudy. <laughs> hey, I'll be Rudiger. I love Rudiger. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, Noah, just sort of to, to sort of build on this, you know, the situation of you not getting a lot of playing time and being heavily a practice player, and you're you're a good player, but you just didn't get a lot of games. Um, let me ask you, Noah, when you were sitting on the bench and watching some of those games. Were there occasions where you're saying to yourself, coach, you got to get me in. I know I'm going to get a great defensive stop. I know I can hit a three or two. I know I can do a good job. Yeah. Team. I just know that I'm going to stop a couple of these guys in their team. Were there, were there moments in those games oh, yeah. where you're like, just coach, I got to get in right now. You know? Yeah. Like if, you know, you see someone miss a wide open three, like, like coach, I know I'll make that. I know I'll knock that three right. down, but uh, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of, you know, a lot of it's politics, you know, he, in most most programs, you know, only seven, eight guys play. Right. Um, which was, you know, good and bad. Um, it depends on the situation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple, you know, I could stop that point guard. I mean, in the zone or something like that. Yeah, of course. Of course, you know, it's going to be your mindset. You know, you could do that. But then until you go in, then it's, a, it's, a t- it's tough out there. It's, it's pretty stressful. And, and, and Noah, tell me if, if this is correct. The protocol is – 
a guy on the bench isn't really supposed to go to the coach, the assistant coach, say, hey, you got to get me in now. You're not really yeah, supposed to. No, no. Yeah. Even I mean, even the scholarship players who don't play, you know, if you go up to the coach, you got to get me in there. Like, you'll just look at him and just, yeah, just get a little glare. Glare that's like a, that's like a protocol no no basically yeah no if you if you're gonna get in the game coach will call your name you'll, right. you'll make sure right. yeah was your you no know, was your confidence ever affected when you were not getting as much playing time as you wanted yeah um for sure I, you know i was always at all even i would say why am i here um you know why am i playing um there are some times where i you know i, I wanted to quit for sure because it's it's literally your whole life, you know, division one, especially, you know, UW school like UW, it's, it's your whole life. You're, you're a basketball player. Um, people will say student athlete, but you're a basketball player first, even, you know, even though I was a walk on, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, it was a grind. It was, a, you know, a lot going on at all times. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did it for sure. Still, still loved it. Considering yeah, still loved, still loved every moment, still lived my dream. I, you know, like I said, I would go to those games with my dad when I was three. I would, you know, I'd go see Brandon Roy, I'd go see even Will Conroy, Quincy Pondexter, my coaches, which was awesome. I got to, you know, get coached by people who I watched growing up, um, which was, you know, super cool. Yeah, wouldn't change anything for the world. And I saw your your dad and your grandfather, a lot of your family members and friends watching you at those sure. games. And we, yeah. you know, we all he he wouldn't he wouldn't miss a game. I will last four years, even miss but I but we yeah. all enjoyed watching you. All right, no, there was a guy that played for the Sonics. This is a little before your time. He was a 12th yeah. man named Steve Scheffler and played in the early 90s. And he was actually a great college player, but you know, the NBA, you could be a, like yeah. conference player of the year and end up being like the 12th guy on the team. Sure. Um, so when, when Scheffler was on the Sonics, he was a 12th man, but jo Coach George Carl would put him in in certain unique situations. He, he didn't get a lot of playing time. But out of the blue, Coach Carl would sometimes put him in, like, middle of a game. Right. Um, do you think coaches like Mike Hopkins and other basketball coaches should utilize bench players more in games, not just to be necessarily more inclusive, but for strategic purposes, try to win more games? Do you, do you, yeah. do you, do you think coaches could, could, could allow bench players to participate more in games? I, th I think they should, um, 100%, even, you know, in specific situations, you know. We're getting out rebounded. Put this big guy in on defense real quick. Um, you know, our, our seven. We had a seven four center, Riley Soren. Right. Um, which he he never really played at all. Like he you know he wasn't very fast or doing anything, but he was a force in the paint um, on defense, especially. He would just put his hands up, and they would have to shoot over him. Or just you know specific. Even like my freshman year, like a uh, like Quinn Menard um, could shoot the lights out the ball from from anywhere, and you know we during that situation, you know, we would have, we didn't have a backup point guard. Um, my sophomore year, we didn't have a backup point guard. So, you know, Quinn was, could have been utilized. I felt like, you know, to, we didn't have any shooters. I feel like Quinn could knock down two threes for being in the game for, you know, two minutes. Um, but yeah, I feel like that it's a very special job. Uh, you know, you're under a lot of pressure as a head coach, uh, just basically to win games. Um, so, yeah, I feel like he could definitely utilize, but I don't blame him for not. I'm going to create a term. Maybe this will go viral. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Like the Scheffler, the Scheffler doctrine, the idea of the Scheffler. deep depth bench guy, more playing time, you know, for so. sure. It could be called the Scheffler. Yeah, for the sure. Sheffler I mean, yeah, yeah. So, you, I mean, you, I feel like you should utilize every player. You know, everybody has a different talent. Everybody does different things. Right. Um, right. And you need now, different things in the situation. You know, I asked you earlier about if you had, had not gone to Garfield, you probably would have got a lot more playing time and other, right. other 
um, high school. Similar question, if you ever wonder if you didn't go to UW, if you went to Central or SBU or so many other schools, you, you probably would have been got a lot of time, yeah. right? D3, yeah, D2, D3, you know, that's what, you know, people would tell me, and people still want me to play um, after this, you know, I'll, people in my ear saying, yeah, why don't you go to SPU or, you know, go somewhere to fun to play, and that would be awesome, but um, yeah, I feel like I definitely could play somewhere else. I feel like I'm good enough. Um, you know, I'm not good enough to play, you know, high division D1, not athletic enough. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a very, I still think I'm a very good player. I can beat a lot of people, be better a lot of people, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Are, you, are you ruling? Cause I guess you have two years old eligibility left. Right? I got two years are left. you ruling out the possibility of maybe playing, getting a master's degree and playing somewhere? I know you just graduated. Are you yeah. concerned about that at all or? I think, I think I'm ruling it out. Um, I do have two more years. I got the COVID year and I redshirted as well. Okay. Um, my freshman year when I wasn't traveling. Um, yeah, I think I'm ruling it out. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I mean, I don't know, but it was, it was a long four years, um, ups and downs for sure. Um, sure. Wouldn't change anything. However, I think for right now, I'm want to take a break from competitive basketball for sure. Understandable. Uh, Paul Schnabel again on the Sports Untold podcast, 116th edition with Noah Neubauer, also on Rainy Rabbit Radio. I encourage my listeners to like, comment, subscribe, and go to sportsuntoldpodcast.com. I believe we're on Facebook Live. If anyone has any questions, we can um, happy to take a couple questions to the audience, too, for Noah. Um, what do you, any thoughts on the UW basketball program for the rest of this decade, rest of the 2020s? Are you, are you optimistic about the program, and do you, do you feel Coach Hawkins will be the, the coach for the rest of this decade? Any any just general thoughts you want to share? Um, well, I think basketball as a whole has changed, um, especially with these NIL deals and um, the transfer rule. So I feel like nowadays it's you're not really building programs. You're building teams for that one year. Um, so I feel like because you're not getting very many freshmen anymore, you're getting fifth-year transfers or transfers from a different school. Like We just got like a Kentucky guy. We got Noah Williams coming in. Um, so we got a lot of transfers. So this year – I'm optimistic for sure. Um, I feel like it's going to be an interesting year. I better than, I mean, I feel like, you know, Pac-12 is a good league now. Um, very, it's always been good. Um, we had a great team last year. I don't, I think our team last year could beat this team this year, you know, just personnel, just based on personnel. But uh, yeah, I'm very optimistic. The guy from Kentucky looks very good. He's super athletic. Um, I feel like they could, if they utilize him well, they'll be good. Um, I feel like, Mike Hawkins just got to get get that zone together. Um, the people, the zone is, you know, the reason why it worked so well my freshman year when we won Pac-12 was people, you know, the the connection between everybody. You know, Dave, Chris, we had a bunch of seniors. Dave, Chris, Noah, Dom, Matisse. Matisse helped a lot. Uh, but, yeah, you just got to get everybody on the same page. That's the only way that zone will work. You got you got the length, uh, which, he, which he wanted. You got the length. So, yeah, I'm very optimistic. It can be very good, very bad. No, I want to share a thought with you and give me your take on this. I, I tend to be of the belief that Coach Hopkins deserves some more latitude during that rough, those rough pandemic times that, you know, the 2020 season got canceled right. and then the 2020, 2021 season started where the fans right. weren't able to be in attendance. Is that, is that fair that during those pandemic times, certain coaches like Mike Hopkins probably need a little, a little breathing room just based on all the craziness yeah. that was going on? Yeah, there was a lot of heat, um, a lot of heat on him for sure. Um, you know, it's only this is only this is going to be his sixth year, I believe, because I came his second year. So, yeah, this will be his sixth year. 
the pandemic, yeah, I would give him some break on that. It's two years. The two years is very hard. You know, even our even last year, our our whole team got COVID for like two three weeks. So we had, we got our our Gonzaga game was canceled. Our UCLA game was canceled. Right. right. Um, we had a bunch of games canceled this year. Um, Did you get so hit with the tuna? Did you? Get I got hit with it. Yeah, I I was yeah I was one of the one of the first like four four or five people who got it, okay. and then just kept training down. Yeah, so everybody eventually got it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you never know. You could say, you know, what if we beat Gonzaga that one year? You know, what if we beat UCLA? Those that would have turned the whole season around. Um, yeah, I'd give him some leeway. Even my sophomore year when Quad A went out, you know, we had a big opportunity to we beat Baylor our first game, um, the national champions, who you know, you never know what's gonna happen, stuff like that. Um, I mean, I can't blame him for something like that. You can't blame him for quad A, but maybe keep a closer eye on them. I don't know. You could just say, you could just say some random stuff. Cause at a point guard like that, you, there's no, you can't lose him. You have to, everything you do. You got to make sure he's, he's going to play, but yeah, we lost him and it, it went downhill from there. That was tough. No, refresh my memory. So the UW team, you guys never play Gonzaga during the 21, 22 season, right? Nope. Okay. Cause the COVID year we played my freshman year, freshman year, we played them at, at UW. Right. And then sophomore year and junior year was the COVID. Junior was my COVID. Sophomore was like the end of the COVID. I thought we right. played the sophomore year. Right. And then we were going to play in my senior year. And then, you know, we got COVID again. Well, and if you guys play Gonzaga, and let's just say you guys played a heck of a game and lost right. by two or four, right. that would have been a respectable game probably. I'm not, I'm not settling for losing. Yeah. Yeah. Way, but I but I think if you know that that that's that, that's a good reminder that you guys had a couple of games canceled last year. Had a couple of games canceled, you know. Right. You right. Know, yeah, you can't say you know we would have won that game, but you know because they have great teams. But I mean, yeah, if you're if you're head to head with them, you know that's a it's it's momentum really because right. you're playing you're playing two games a week in college basketball, so it's momentum. You gotta if you win that first game, you you have. To, you know, you, you don't have to win that next game, but, you know, you're trying to split every road trip. You're trying to we, at least win one game. But uh, it's about roles, really. Like, you know, teams will get on a roll in the March Madness. You just, you just keep winning and keep winning. Um, so, yeah, it's about momentum, really. So I, Okay, you know, Noah. So you announced today that you pretty much have concluded your basketball career with you watching. You made a big announcement on sports the Sports Untold podcast. But, but I got a question for you. If you had to pick one memory, What's your what was your favorite memory as University of Washington basketball player in your four years uh, as part of the team? I feel like it was when we went to Europe. When we went to the Rome the foreign tour. It was just a great experience for our whole team. You know, our, our whole team would our whole team would bond. You know, we'd all do stuff together, um, which was the coolest. Yeah, it was probably the best trip of my life. I, I'll remember it forever for sure. You, you loved experiencing Italy. It was just a great Yeah, experience. Italy, and just, especially with those group of guys. Um, it was a, We were all super close, you know. Um, yeah, it was just super cool. And even playing those those teams, you know, playing those Roman teams and playing those teams, like that was super fun. You know, Noah, one thing I like about that answer is if you had mentioned an on-the-court experience in your favorite memory, that's great too. But it's cool that you mentioned a foreign travel experience. Yeah. It's fun yeah. that you mentioned going abroad was just one of yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was the most fun. I mean, scoring was the thing I want to remember, you know, I, I have three points, you know, in the university of Washington handbook or whatever. Uh, I'm part of that scores club, but yeah, that was the coolest trip of my life for sure. 
You know what else you're part of, Noah, is I, I went to, I, I Googled you the other day and I went, I, I saw in the real, I think it's real GM, some website, you are listed as among uh, the many basketball players that come from Seattle, Washington. So really? you're in that yeah. group as well of, of yep. people that played college or pro basketball. Yeah, that, that's also a cool yeah. thing to, you know, be a part of, you know, the Brandon Roy's, the, you know, Tony Rodens, the DeJounte Murray's, you know, just stay home. Um I wish people would, I would have, you know, Dejon Davis would have came earlier his freshman year, but can't blame him for that. Stanford's a tough scholarship to say yeah. no. To. Yeah, no, can't say no. Well, I almost wish Dejon came earlier as well. Um, and Terrell Brown's a good player, isn't he? Oh, yeah. And Terrell, yeah, went to high school with him as well. Yeah, I forgot about him. I mean, I would, he was, yeah, he had a crazy journey. His journey is incredible. Um, you know, I wish he would have, you know, came earlier as well, but yeah, people, they weren't giving him a shot and he, he proved he proved he belonged there. Do you think Terrell can, can, can uh, make an NBA roster? I think he's a good chance. Um, you know, maybe not those first 60 picks, but I feel like he could get picked up. Um, you know, the draft this year is pretty competitive. Um, but yeah, he's getting a bunch of workouts. He's, you know, he's traveling all over the country right now, getting workouts with these NBA teams. I feel like he, I feel like he got a shot. Um, I feel like everybody has a shot. I enjoyed watching Terrell. I mean, some of his intangibles, the way he drives and mm -hmm. his competitiveness. I, oh, I yeah. think a lot of fun to watch. Hey, by the way, where does the Coleman come from Neubauer? Where does the, tell us where the Noah Coleman Neubauer, where does the Coleman part of your, your name come from? <laughs> to be honest, I have no idea. Okay. I know where Noah came. The actually funny story about Noah. It was my parent, when my mom was pregnant with me, um, there, my parents would watch this show, like it's, and the doctor's name was Doctor Noah, and my mom loved that name. So yeah, I'm from a TV show and from the 2000s. Yeah, I, I should start calling you Ark for Noah's Ark. Right? Yeah, that, I, I've got that one a lot too, for sure. Paul Schneiderman hosts the Sports Untold podcast, also on Rainier, Rainier Avenue Radio on the 116th edition with uh, former, now former UW basketball player Noah Newbell. Oh, I'm, I'm using the term former now. Looks like you're you're moving on, but yet alum. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot with this question. Um, yeah, I know you're friends with a lot of players that play in the NBA now. Mm -hmm. um, who would you say, I'm going to mention a few names, is the best all-around player you ever play with UW? Uh, would it be Isaiah Stewart, now plays the NBA, Matisse Thibel, plays the Philadelphia 76ers, Jay Noel, Jay McDaniels? Those are a couple hints. If you had to pick one, who's the best UW player you ever played with? All around, all around. Pick one. I'm putting you on the spot, now. That's tough because yeah, I mean, there's so many. Because Isaiah Stewart couldn't be stopped down low. There, you had to double team him to stop him. Jalen Noel was, he'll shoot over you. Matisse, you can't. Yeah, I mean, Matisse is the best defensive player I think I've ever seen. He used to take the ball for me two weeks. Like, yeah, I don't know. He was just incredible. Um, and even J Mac. Yeah, J Mac went. To, who's the best? Best all around. It's a tough question, man. Do you want to come back to it? Want me to want to come back to it? Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jalen Noel just okay. based off just based off how he could score. Um, he would get to his spots, and once he's at his spot, that the ball is going in. Um, yeah, it's, I mean he's a good defensive player too, but yeah, I mean that that, that would be the only thing. His offensive game was just so so high. He's a great player, very athletic yeah. guy, fun to watch. And you guys were good friends at Garfield, too. Yeah, we went to Garfield. I knew him even before that through Rotary. Um, yeah, I knew his whole family. I knew his dad for a while. His dad was a great guy. Um, yeah, I knew them for a while. Sorry that his father has passed. 
Yeah. You know what? So you're, you're friends with a lot of these guys. And would you say that you're, you know, some of the aforementioned Stuart, Thibault, a bunch of those guys, would you say you're a friend of those guys, but also kind of advisor? Do these guys kind of throw off ideas to you and kind of, do they ever want to just get your feedback on NBA life or different things? Because <laughs> I, I, I know you're good friends with those guys, but are you kind of an advisor too a little bit? No, no not really an advisor. Cause you know, they have, you know, they have all these people in their ears already, um, you know, talking about what they should do, what they shouldn't do, you know, all their managers and all that. Um, so yeah, they don't, they're probably tired of hearing it. They don't even ask me anything. But yeah, even <laughs> another friend like uh, Marquise Chris is another one of my good friends. I, didn't, I wasn't able to play with him at UW, but me and him, you know, we I'm probably the closest with him, you know, out of all those guys. But uh, yeah, he he got, you know, advisors and all that stuff. But yeah, no, no. Gotcha. Just one more friendship than advice. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, which I'm glad, I, you know, because business, you know, you don't always want to get into business with your friends, you know, because then stuff goes bad, but. Yeah, no, very friendly, you know, I'll happily give them advice, but yeah, they got a handle, I think. Okay. Okay. Cause you know, some, sometimes the, 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 the players, including reserve players can right. be advisors to players. Like there For was sure. a guy, Dennis, who played with Dennis Rodman. I was mm-hmm. like Jack Haley. He was sort of a, kind of a, kind of watch Rodman a little bit. I think the bulls had him on as a guy. Cause he connected with Rodman. He sort of was, I don't you know what I mean? Kind of a, kind of a advisor a little bit i don't know i was just curious oh, yeah. i mean what you did when i did play with Jaden mcdaniels i did have to advise him to keep his cool because i he was such a great player and he would just he would get so mad and just at that point you, you just got to say like there's it's not worth it you know um i think he could have been the number one pick um if he would have you know kept kept his head and did what he needed to do but um I mean, still doing great in the NBA, but yeah, I feel like he could have been picked higher. That's all. You think McDaniel's would have benefited from a year or two more of, of school? No, I I think he did right going to the NBF one. I just feel like he could have utilized that one more. I feel gotcha. like you know because he, he, you know, he got a few just dumb technicals. Like one one game, he threw the ball at another player when he was on the bench. Just it was just little things where, you know, he. I mean, he was a child. He's still eight, eighteen years old coming in. You know, big big role, but uh. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm a middle-aged man, and I when I play tennis, I get really upset. You know, oh so, yeah, I'll throw my racket. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> any level, you can get upset. You know, but yeah. okay, no, these are two questions I've been asking pretty much every one of my guests since late 2019. I just okay. love hearing guest answers to questions. Um, the first question is: Who's a living sports figure? Can be a player, coach, owner, somebody in the sports world of broadcast you would love to interview, have a conversation with, and who is a deceased sports person in history you would have loved to have chatted with that interview with? So living one and a deceased one. Living, I got to say Steve Nash. Got to say Nash? Steve Nash. I got to say Steve. Um, he was one of my favorite players always. Um you know, always, you know, I would say LeBron, but, you know, everybody would say LeBron. And, you know, I feel like Steve is a very cool guy, um, you know, great basketball player and even a great coach, you know, coaching the Nets right now. So he has a lot, not a lot of knowledge on the game and just a lot of knowledge in life. You know, he's been around the system for a while and probably knows it by the back, like it's the back of his hand. He's taken some 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 positions on social issues outside. Yeah. Of no, yeah, he's a very, yeah, he's very, very vocal, very vocal, very good guy. 
love it. No, I had not received the name of Steve Nash. I received Steve Kerr, but you're the first Steve. one. To oh, Kerr would be pretty Nash. cool. Yeah, he's he's very vocal too. I like Steve Kerr. He's a very good guy. He's, we'll see I love the Steve Nash answer. It's fun to get a it's fun to get a new name because I've gotten Tiger yeah. Woods and Michael Jordan. Uh, Tiger would be cool. Yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there's a bunch of cool guys. Like I was Andy Koufax, a couple older yeah. guys mentioned. Even that. Michael Jordan, like I would, meeting him would be incredible and just of really course. figure out his story. You know, there's so many people out, but. Yeah, I don't know. I love how you he mentioned just came to my head. Yeah, he just came to my head for some reason. Love it, love it. And who's a deceased sports figure in history? Could be an owner, general manager, a player that you would have loved to have spent some time with. Hmm. Want some clues? No, I mean, there's a lot. Of, like, because I like a lot of NFL, because a lot of deceased NFL guys too, but basketball, I would say. It could be any sport. Okay, tennis, whatever, any sport. Yeah. And I would have to say Muhammad Ali. His name's come up. Ali. Yep. I yep. feel like I would say Muhammad Ali for I mean he's what he what he went through, what he, you know, lived is probably would probably be the greatest story to hear ever. Um yeah, I find Muhammad. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, give me some other examples. I, I've gotten Jackie who... Robinson, Babe. Oh Bird. yeah, Jackie. Yeah, wow. A lot, lot of names. A lot, of, lot of names. So. Oh yeah, a lot of ba- a lot of baseball players that would be cool. Hey, what about even you know Babe Ruth? You know, seeing a bunch of just seeing all the greats. Um, meeting, meeting just one of the greats would be awesome. Yeah, Jackie Robinson. Wow, he's one of my favorite players growing up. I used to have his jersey. Um, yeah, meeting him would be awesome. A lot of great names. Uh, a living sports figure that I'd love to chat with, who's in his 90s now, Willie Mays, famous baseball player. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. With. That yeah, there's so cool. many great names of figures. I want to get your perspectives. Throughout Steve Nash, Muhammad Ali, I love it, love it. Yeah, Steve Nash. I mean, and like, if you're talking about any sports, you know, I like to talk to Ken Griffey Jr. He was one of my idols growing up. Uh, Still pick Nash, though, as the number one guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'll pick Nash. Figures. I'll pick Steve, I'll pick Steve. Okay, stick with Steve Nash. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was broader than basketball. Okay, yeah. we'll stick with Steve. All right, favorite sports movie? Ooh, there's a lot. You know, like you mentioned Rudy earlier. I, lo- I love Rudy. Uh, we Are Marshall. Oh, there's a lot. Loving basketball. I, I mean, so my favorite. Um, I'll say. I'll say We Are Marshall. Yeah, you know, I grew up watching that with my dad all the time. So I'll, I'll say that for my favorite. But yeah, there's a lot of good ones. I've actually thrown that movie out on the list of some of the top sports movies ever. We Are Marshall's a good one. Yeah, great one. I just watched it, you know, a little bit ago. We watched it. Hoosiers, Any Given Sunday. There, there's a lot, a lot of good ones. But you pick We Are Marshall. That's a good one. Yeah. Good one. Okay. Um, Paul Schneider, host of Sports Untold Podcast, also on Rainy Ivor Radio. I encourage my listeners to. Subscribe, like, and comment. Go to sportsuntoldpodcast.com. You got a few more minutes, Noah? Of course. Great, great. We gotta, I, gotta, I want to get a couple more questions in. So I asked you about advice earlier, if you give some of those NBA guys advice. And you said, no, we're more friends. I don't give them a lot of advice. But, but what advice do you give to a younger version of Noah Neubauer, a guy who's interested mm-hmm. in walking on to a division one basketball program. What advice would you give this younger version of Noah Nubar? Um, I would just really say, just if you really love the game and you really want to play, just never, never give up. Um, Cause you know, I was, like I said, I was always little growing up. So third, fourth, fifth grade, I'll play for Rotary's B team. And then sixth grade, I got cut. 
um, for Rotary, you know, because those guys, you know, started to get armpit hair and I, you know, just started getting a little height on me. Um, yeah, I, I would just say never quit. I, I would I definitely wanted to quit a lot of times. I wanted to transfer from Garfield. Um, my dad would not let me. I would just say stick with something. I don't I don't really see this transfer thing. I don't really like that. I don't like how kids are going to four different high schools. Um, to just to play basketball. I mean, if there's if it's not a good fit, then yeah, go find a better fit. But don't do that every year. But advice would be, yeah, just if you really love the game, I'd just keep playing and just keep having fun with it. If it's you know if it's not fun, then you won't want to work on it. Would you encourage a younger version of Noah who could get a lot of playing time at a smaller college mm-hmm. just to to walk on at a Division One program where? he or she's probably not going to get much playing time versus going to a smaller college where you probably will start or get a lot of playing time. I mean, I personally would not change anything that I did. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's always more fun playing, you know, it'd be more fun going to a D three and averaging 30, you know, or averaging 20, getting a bunch of shots. Um, yeah. I mean, personally for me, I, I knew I wanted to go to UW since, you know, like I said, a kid, I was going to the games. Um, so yeah, that that was a dream come true. Otherwise, yeah, no, I I wanted to go to a bigger school. I mean, that's just me. There people have you know different different views on that. Uh, people you know work better in a smaller college area, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. I would definitely walk on again hundred times. Just just watching you on those sidelines, Noah, you just loved it. I could tell you you loved oh, it. Oh yeah, I, well, I mean, no, I try to you know encourage everything. Yeah. We're going to conclude this interview in a minute. I want to know what's in the future for Noah Neubauer and just maybe just share a little bit more about something we haven't talked about today that you want to share. Um, listen, like I said, I'm doing a little construction certification program next year at the University of Washington. So this summer I'm going to be doing a lot of um, golfing. Uh, I just picked up golf. Uh, one of my new hobbies. I love it. I try to go once a week. Tennis, you know, tennis club. Picked that back up. I played as a kid. Um, yeah, I think I want to do developing. I want to get in developing. Um, I think I'm, you know, done with competitive basketball. You know, I'll play these leagues, which because I still love the game. I'll never, you know, quit on basketball. Still play, you know, the Billaby Club or Tennis Club League. Um, but yeah, I think I want to do get into some construction developing. I'm ready for my new, you know, uh, my new timeline. I mean, I played basketball my whole life. Now, now it was my whole life. You know, never had a job because uh, I wasn't, you know, able to. Didn't really travel very much especially, you know, there's always tournaments going on. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to travel. I would love to, you know, get into a new job, you know, see what the workforce is talking about and, you know, expire to other passions. Like I said, golf, golf is one of my new passions. I'm not too good yet, but uh, I'm getting there. Great, great. Could coaching ever be in your future, Noah? I mean, yeah, I, I do. I, I love little kids. I like, I like, you know, playing little kids there because they're just a great time. You know, they're just, they have so many, such a big personality. Um, I'm working the Mike Hopkins camps this summer. Great. And uh, those are next week, you know, all throughout the summer, which I do every, I've done every year, last four years, um, which is super fun. You know, you're a little coach, you know, they all look up to you, um, which is fun because I went to those camps. You know, I went to the Rome, Lorenzo Romar camps growing up. Um, so I got to meet, you know, John Brockman when I was younger, I think I might've met Quincy then, um, stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's kind of cool just being there, what you used to do and then now doing it, doing it yourself. Well, my age is going to show as a junior high kid, I went to Andy Russo's basketball camp. Yeah. So, so cool. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Just stuff like that. You know, you'll never forget it. Like I always remember 
I went to a Nate Robinson camp growing up too. Like you're always going to remember. And I remember some, you know, some of my, some of my uh, coaches there, you know, I'm, you know, always remember them, you know, just, it's always memories. So I hope I can, you know, put some memories in these kids' minds and make it a good time for them. One more thing I want to share with you, Noah, is I had a, a guy on my show last year, Joe Pasternak, who's the coach mm-hmm. at UCSB. And Joe was, was Bobby Knight's student manager at University of Indiana, but he never played college basketball. So okay. you play college basketball. There, there's coaches never even played the coach. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting. So Yeah, there's, I mean, there's an IQ for the game. You know, you either know the game and you don't. There's, you know, there's some point guards who know every position, know exactly where the five should be, exactly where the four should be, three, just basketball IQ. Some people have a very high IQ. Um, so people, people like him, you know, they just, they know about the game, wasn't able to play themselves, you know, maybe not athletic enough or never really got the things, but they know what to do. Um, they know how to do it. So, yeah, it's a big aspect. I don't know. I, I, I know the game. I know, you know, just growing up, I know every single play, you know, every single play there is. So, you know, I could easily make plays, easily create a team, which would be awesome. Uh, I would love coaching. That would be cool. Let's see, maybe you could coach at some level, even at a K through 12 level. Yeah, even if it's a third grade team. Yeah. Gotcha. Sure. Gotcha. You'd be great with those kids. Well, Noah, thank you so much for doing this on the 116th Until podcast. Well, had a great time today. It's fun to, to get your voice, hear your voice, and get your perspectives. And I'm sure I will see you again soon. Thanks so much for doing sure. this. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. We'll talk soon for sure. Thanks a lot. See you soon. Thank you. Thank you.